You are listening to the recording of a live show. Please do not call or text, as this is a recording, and lines are now closed. You're listening to the Voice of Islam Radio. Broadcasting on DAB and via the internet 24 hours a day. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah, peace be upon you, and welcome to another episode of the Drive Time Show. Uh, myself, Zakaria, and I am joined with Imam uh, Raza Ahmed, and it is 5 past 4. Um, for those who are familiar to um, today's um, show or, or the drive time show, usually we split the two hours in two segments or two different topics. Um, and uh, for today, we have two very interesting and uh, spiritual topics. For the first hour, we will be uh, speaking uh, about Salat or the prayer. And for the second hour, we have uh, the topic of prophets. So both are interlinked um, and uh, it's it's very dear or very uh, important topics for those who believe in, you know, whatever belief they might have. Um, Assalamu alaikum. Um, uh, Raza Saab, how are you? Alhamdulillah, how are you? Alhamdulillah. Good to be here. You're you're an imam as well, by the way. So, (laughs) (laughs) not the only one here. Uh, Yeah, welcome to another episode of the Drive Time Show. Um, As you said, the two very very interesting uh, topics, and that is, I think, on the back of uh, there's a series that we have started online as well, the Islam 101. So if you want to ask any questions, if you have anything to to ask, if you want to find out anything, if you want to know anything, by all means do send us a tweet or you can get in contact with us through um, Instagram as well or any other social media platforms. So you can write an email to us as well. So do go check out our Instagram, our Twitter and our social media accounts, uh, Voice of Islam UK is the uh, Twitter name or the Instagram name. And on that, I think, Zakaria, we're asking a question today as well, aren't we? Yes, we are asking um, on Instagram story, um, mm. why do we pray? So, um, uh, God willing, we will be going through the answers as well um, towards the end of the show. Uh, but yeah, it's a very interesting and an important uh, topic, isn't it? For yeah. those who believe. So why do we pray? So this is the question that we are asking. So get involved um, and and uh, whatever you think, uh, why we pray, if it's necessary or not, um, please do, uh, you know, give your answer on that. And this is not necessarily just for uh, if you are a Muslim. I mean, it can be that uh, you know you, you have the, f- the the concept of prayer in in pretty much every religion. Yes. Yes. The way that this prayer is done and 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 carried out, that might differ. Mm-hmm. But the concept of prayer, I think, it's integral to a religion or to a faith mm-hmm. uh, in general. So, if you are you know Christian or Hindu, Sikh, Buddhist, doesn't matter. We want to know from you, why do you pray? Why do you make the time 
to 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 pray, to meditate, to reflect, whatever it is. Um, so do get in contact with us. You can give us a call as well, 0208-687-7878, or the question specifically we're asking on Instagram. <clears throat> so yeah, um, this, this topic uh, is very important for us as it is one of the um, five pillars of Islam. Mm-hmm. So uh, we have the five pillars and we have, t- in order to fulfill our uh, Iman or belief, uh we uh, you know obey the five pillars of islam and 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 uh and it it's one of the things that it is must when we call ourselves believers um in a research article published in the international journal of science culture and sport it is stated that performing salat or performing the prayer improves our posture increases in intake of oxygen and enhances the functioning of the respiratory uh, blood flow uh, endocrine and excretory system uh, so this is you know i think this research is especially done on the prayer that uh, muslims do right mm. because uh, you know uh, the posture and yeah. the movement that we do it involves um um, you know, bowing down, uh, uh, prostrating as well, and then and then standing up, sitting. Uh, so, it, you know, includes all these uh, postures. So, yeah. and it definitely has uh, benefits. Um, you know, uh, according to this uh, a journal as well, and also uh, science has proven that mm. the movement that we do is actually quite, uh, um, uh, you know, uh, beneficial yeah. for our health. And I think it's not just the movements as well. It's also about you don't do this once a day. Yep. Uh, there are five prayers in gen- in total, um, but also looking at the times of when these pl- uh, prayers have been placed during the day. So you have the first one, which is the Fajr prayer, which is the early morning prayer. Mm-hmm. These days it's at 5 o'clock, 5 a.m. in the morning. Um, if you went back, I think, a couple of weeks ago, it was like 4, 4.15, 4.30, around that time. So it's a very, very early in the morning. Um, and then you have the afternoon prayer, then you have the after sunset prayer, and then you have the the, the, the prayer at night. So five prayers that have been uh, spread throughout the day where you take, I mean, give and take, it's like 10, 15 minutes, depending on, um, uh, you know, how you, how quickly or how, how slowly you pray. But we're not talking about hour-long uh, sermons. We're not talking about hour-long whole procedures. But these are very short prayer, considerably. And th- as I said, spread throughout the day. And we are going to talk about the purpose. We're talking about the the benefits. You know, some of that we have just heard, the health benefits. Uh, and also, most importantly, the, Im- the importance of why do we pray. Mm. And I think uh, as far as, and correct me if I'm wrong here, as far as religions are concerned, Islam may, might be the only religion that has such a, um, where prayer prays, uh, plays such an integral part, hmm. where you, you, you're not l- doing it on a weekly basis, you're not doing it on a, on a you know, bi-weekly basis or monthly, it's every single day. Every single day. So if you are a grown Muslim, if you have uh, reached a certain age, that prayer, on the male at least, Mm. is obligatory. And not just to pray, but also you should try to do this in congregation in the mosque. Mm. 
I mean, the, it's it's different than other religions, isn't it? I mm. mean, if you look at uh, other religions, for example, they some of the religions they congregate once a week, yeah. right, or, or, or once a month, uh, let's say, or a few days mm. a week. But when it comes to Islam, we do it every single day, yeah. and and building a habit um, in in a, any field, uh, anything that you want to. Uh, you know, and in in any field you want to become successful, right? I think you need to do it regularly. It's yeah, not that yeah. you have to do it once a week or once a month. You need to do it every single day in order to have that habit. Um, so I think uh, the way uh, God Almighty has prescribed the prayers for us uh, to be prayed daily is something which is very interesting, um, in my opinion. Um, we were discussing about uh, you know the health benefits as well. One one of the uh, another article uh, also uh, you know mentioned about the salat that it stretches our muscles and helps to provide toned body, and amongst many other health benefits, it is a good way to overcome um, arthritis. Uh, as it ex- uh, 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 enhances fe- flexibility of the body and, uh, and reduces the stiffness. So um, let's say if someone has a, uh, uh, a job which you know doesn't include a lot of movement, right? For them, a prayer, the movements of prayer could be really, really beneficial. It's, it's, it's something which is universal. It's, it's, for, it's beneficial for everyone. So whatever uh, field you're in, uh, whatever job you're doing, uh, I think the breaks that we have five times daily, or at least three times, if we have to combine the prayers, it's it's very beneficial for our, uh, you know, physical health. So, what about the importance then? Why do we pray? I think uh, it all comes back to um, the the Holy Quran and everything that you do within the religion of Islam. And I think the five daily prayers uh, or the five pillars of Islam. That when we when we look at them, uh, so the uh, the profession or the you know the, the kalma that we say, meaning that there is none worthy of worship except Allah and that the Holy Prophet peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, is is a servant. Then you have the the five daily prayers. Then you have um, the fasting in the month of Ramadan. You have giving of alms. You have the pilgrimage to the house of Mecca. All of this. Everything that we do within the religion of Islam, when it comes to the acts of worship, when it comes to the charity and everything that we that we have, everything is done for one purpose. And yep. that is to please God Almighty. Yep. That is to get closer to God Almighty. And that mm. is because we have been told by God Almighty that you are supposed to do these things. Mm. So, for example, in chapter 24, verse 57, God Almighty says that an, an observed prayer and give the zakat and obey the messenger that you may be shown mercy. And it starts from the very beginning from uh, from the Holy Quran when we find out about the belief in the unseen, when we learn about giving and charity. And, and I think this is one of the earliest commandments of uh, the Holy Quran and of Islam that you are supposed to to pray hmm. and it started early on in the life of the holy prophet peace and blessings of allah be upon him after he proclaimed to be the prophet of the age which was done firstly in in secret hmm. um, because of the persecution that the muslims faced at that time and then it was done openly once the commandment of god almighty was was revealed hmm. and this is uh so that we can <coughs> unite as well right because you 
mentioned that uh, the prayer that we are supposed to do is mm. something which we need to do in congregation. Yeah. So uh, the, the one of the things that we adopt or as humans we were like sponges isn't it so yeah. uh, we do get affected by others so if we um let's say um uh, have a, uh, a brotherhood of of uh, believers and we get together and we do this uh, together right it helps us to uplift ourselves as well mm. in spirituality so um i mean it's it's a very important thing to do these things in uh, you know in congregation yeah. and that's why we have you know mosques built and 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 the purpose of building the mosques is so that we we could unite we could you know build that brotherhood as well um when you mentioned about importance of prayer um uh, allah has repeated the commandment of observing the prayer yeah. about 300 times in the holy quran yep so that means makes so it quite important doesn't it <laughs> it does <laughs> 300 <laughs> times i mean there are 700 commandments in the quran and and 300 times the the the, the observance of prayers is is mentioned in the holy quran and the uh, allah has also uh, you know made it clear why it, it is yeah. necessary for muslims and in different places god almighty for example uh, in in chapter 51 verse 57 god almighty says that i have not created the jinn and the men but that they may worship me hmm. so the the purpose of our life is so that we can recognize god almighty um if we can recognize god almighty and that's through prayers isn't it hmm. uh if we do not connect with with our creator or even if you want to connect you know in every religion this connection is is through prayers um so that's why in this verse mentioned um that we should uh our 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 the purpose of you know god almighty sending us to this world is so, so that we can we can pray and then if you look at the narrations of the holy prophet peace and blessings of allah be upon him it also elaborates further on on, on that importance and why we are told over and over again and why we should observe prayer in such a rigorous way um, for example, Hazrat Abu Huraira, one of the companions of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. So he narrates that the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, said that the first thing for which a person would be called to account is the prayer. If he succeeds in this account, he would be successful and will attain salvation. If that account is deficient, he will be ruined and will be a loser. If there is a shortfall in the obligatory prayers, Allah will make it up from his nawafil, meaning his voluntary prayers. Similarly, all his other deeds will be accounted for. So, I mean, this is for for us as Muslims to 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 realize and to have it in front of you the importance of prayer. Hmm. The first thing ever when you wake up or when you are you know raised again and by God Almighty uh, in the hereafter will be so how'd you do with your prayers hmm. is everything okay <laughs> but what what if if someone never heard of of islam and, yeah. and never prayed it's a very good them? question it's a very good question and i think um there is no monopoly on salvation right mm -hmm. so when it says about here that uh, if he succeeds in this account he would uh, be successful and will attain salvation 
that's not just specifically and only the religion of Islam or only you know the the Muslim way of prayer. Hmm. If you read the Holy Quran, there's different you know verses and and and, and narrations of the Holy Prophet peace and blessings of Allah be upon him as well. That if you have never heard about Islam, how can you be held accountable about like you know about why did you not accept? Yeah. Well, I've never heard about that. So the message never reached me. But we do believe that in the course of history, I think every nation, we do find the concept of religion, of faith, of spirituality, of the concept of a God hmm. across the globe. Hmm. I mean, from the Aborigines in Australia all the way to, to maybe the natives of, of, of America, there is a concept of a higher being. There's a concept of spirituality. There's a concept of religion or faith in, in whatever form or shape yep. you know that may be. And as I said in the beginning, as we mentioned, that every religion has, or every faith, every spiritual concept has this 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 concept of a prayer, this concept of uh, connecting with the divine. Hmm. Now, if you follow that teaching, if you believe in God, if you believe in the last day, if you believe in the hereafter, if you do good things, etc., God will judge you accordingly. I cannot be held accountable for something that I am not aware of. I mean, mm. what kind of... Th- that's, a, that's a very cruel God. It that's is. It's a very yeah, yeah. unfair and mm. unjust God. Mm. So that's something that we firmly believe in. Um, having said that, um, as I said, we, there, there is always... Uh, a, every nation has been given a prophet, which we will talk about in the second half of the program as well. Mm. And those prophets have introduced that concept of God, of, of spirituality, of the divine to the people of, of that time, of that age and of that era. So so we know that through the prophets, um, because when you look at the life of the Holy Prophet, for example, the, 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 the Arabs were so cruel mm. that they literally used to kill each other for very small reason. Yeah. And they used to fight and kill each other for many years yeah. and, and and it's also known that they've been fighting one tribe will fight against another f- tribe for you know as as long as 40 years yeah. so that means you know this this love and and and, and forgiveness and all these things uh are pretty much morality mm. you can say is something that comes from prophets um and uh one thing i i remembered is um uh, you know when they uh, find a, a, speci- a, a, a an island, for example, yeah. uh, where they find um, how do you call these um, the people who are uh, disconnected from the the, the world actually? Mm-hmm. Um, so you know uh, natives, n- or, n- natives, yeah, for example. Yeah. So th- they found a island nearby um, uh, in India, right? Mm-hmm. So one of the islands, and they they found out that they also have a, a sort of worshipping as well yeah, over yeah. there and then you, you also mentioned the Native Americans as well when, when they were in a discovered for the first time they mm. also had you know they had no connection with the the, the modern world yeah. but they still had some sort of you know worshipping in their in their culture so yeah. basically you know all the prophets they've been sent to all the corners of the world and people know from inside that what's good and what's bad so you know, in the end yeah. of the day, I think they will and, be and, and that's what we believe in very firmly. I mean, uh, according to narrations, 124,000 prophets that have been sent to the world. And I think if you look at the, the qualities and, and, and well, the attributes of God Almighty, of being merciful, of being forgiving, 
we also know that he's al mujib mm. he's he's also someone who 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 replies to the prayers yeah. of 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 the supplicant mm. now if god almighty has created mankind when he created mankind i think it was in this in his his mercy and his compassion his 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 all of his attributes they required that he doesn't leave his creation forsaken hmm. right so if you create something and just let it be yeah what's going to happen to that of course it's going to lose its value of course it's going to go astray of course it's is going to get off track a good example i think what what uh well i've heard throughout the you know the couple, the years when when we were uh in training and i think recently as well was mentioned when you have a phone if you have a phone you always get system updates mm-hmm. right if you don't keep up with those updates if you don't update your phone what's going to happen you're going to get viruses you're going to get stuck get stuck and and, and things are, yeah to. problems will arise yeah But if you keep up with those updates, hmm. then you'll be on the safe side. I think that's the same concept that we find in religion. Mm-hmm. When God created, when God made, or somebody made the phone, that's cre- creation, you know, equal to to mankind. And then throughout the times, you had those system updates. Hmm. Prophets came, prophets came, and they said, "You have a God, you have a Creator. You need to do this. You 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 mustn't do this." you need to be good you need to say the truth etc etc et so it started from a very very basic concept hmm. basic rules of regulations um uh, you know uh, cover up uh then be good to each other yeah don't lie don't kill don't cheat and then it developed slowly 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 and then you had the final system update yeah. which which we call islam yeah which explained everything in such a detail which had the solution to everything and which we call a universal religion mm. brought by a universal prophet who was not limited to a certain time who was not limited to a certain people but for all eternity so so the the time of the holy prophet when he brought the religion um of islam which is which we know as the universal religion mm. why the holy prophet was the is is the, is that the reason because the communication between the people have you know improved so much that the message one message could reach uh, all the corners of the world yeah i think the, we're going to get the, to this in the second half <laughs> oh yes <laughs> oh, we've been speaking too much uh, too much on uh, on on, on, on but yeah on i think the, that's the a good question yeah. to to keep in mind i think we'll we'll ask uh, our guests in the second half of the program to yeah. to maybe elaborate on this but what i was trying to get at was that the concept of prayer as well has de- has has developed yep has uh, evolved with the time so now if you look at the islamic way of worship and that's something that we're talking about mm-hmm. it's not just that that act of worship that we're talking about there is a preparation that you need to do beforehand yep. and then you have the the actual prayer what does it consist of what do you what do you say in that prayer how are you supposed to behave while you're praying um where are you supposed to pray where can you pray mm-hmm. what are the conditions that you can or cannot pray mm-hmm. so everything has been outlined by the holy prophet by islam by by god almighty which again if you think about it 
no, I have not at least come across, and do call in if you disagree with this, that I have not come across any other mode or form of worship in other, other religions that is so precise and mm. so detailed as to what you can and cannot do. Mm. I mean, uh, you you just said the sequence or the things that comes with prayer. Yeah. And one of the... Uh, one of the things which is a must is um, we call it wudu in mm. Arabic, uh, which is the ablution. Um, so we basically, it's it's a ritual of washing. So we mm. we wash our um, uh, you know hands, and then you know we also um, uh, wash our mouth, the 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 arms, the face, the head. Um, so all uh, uh, even our our feet as well. Yeah. So. All that has uh, is basically a preparation for the prayers, right? So, but why is it, you know, necessary to, let's say, do ablution in and yeah. before prayer? Why is it introduced to to Islam? Let's say. So we find one um, verse in the Holy Quran from chapter five, verse seven, where it says that, "O ye who believe, when you stand up for prayer, wash your faces and your hands up to the elbows and pass your wet hands over your heads and wash your feet to the ankles. And if you be unclean, purify yourselves by bathing. The concept of prayer, simply put, uh, as explained by the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him as well, is that you are supposed to imagine that you are standing in front of God Almighty. Mm -hmm. Now, that's very difficult to do. Um, to think about I'm standing in the court of God, I'm standing in front of God Almighty, who is the creator of the universe. Um, that That's a tough thing to do. Hmm. And then he said that if you are not able to do that, at least imagine that God is watching you, hmm. which is, again, very difficult, but slightly easier than you imagining you're standing in front of God Almighty. So as soon as we raise our hands, as soon as we are in the mosque or or stand up for prayer, we're supposed to imagine ourselves in the court of God Almighty. Mm-hmm. Now, if you go, let's say, to 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 meet the Queen, if you go to meet some some very very you know high ranking person, we we do our prep. Yep. We put on certain clothes. I mean, I wouldn't go in jeans to 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 see. I don't know, the queen or the prime minister, whatever it is, yeah. or the president. Of course, I'm going to put something on, yeah. which is a little bit you know, more formal. Um, you're probably going to shave, you're probably going to shower and, and, and do your prep. Now, that's for worldly people. Mm. That's, that's for someone who is a person. A person. He's a human being just like, like just like you and I. Yeah. I mean they breathe, they eat, they sleep <clears throat> and, and, and after a couple of years we all move on. Yeah. But imagine the preparation that you're supposed to do to go in front of the creator of the world. So that's why you have this ablution that you, you in in order for us to feel spiritually clean, in order for us to have this inner cleanliness which is, you know, the purpose of prayer, you need to have an outer cleanliness as well yeah so washing or rinsing your mouth rinsing your nostrils your your ears your hair your face first of all it it has a a physical effect as well it wakes you up in the morning for yep. example when you mm-hmm. just get out of bed and go to prayer you have to sleep anyway you're gonna be sleepy right? yeah. so even during the day when we wake up what do we do we wash our face yeah 
cold water or you have uh, you know face cream and f- lotions and whatnot what they have uh just to make us feel fresh yep. to to wake up to know exactly what is happening around us hmm. and that's the same thing with prayer unless and until we don't have a certain focus it's very difficult to concentrate on the essence of prayer which we will get into uh in in just a little bit mm-hmm. i mean uh, you beautifully explained it as well that i mean if we present ourselves very neat and clean and, and in a presentable way in front of very important people mm. so why don't we prepare ourselves yeah. for for our creator that's why i have i have a <laughs> i have a i have a certain issue well i mean i'm no one to judge again but if you have this concept in mind that you're going to the house of allah to pray to god almighty and to stand in his court in his in his presence I have an issue with people coming in in, in PJs or <laughs> 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 you know their sleeping clothes for us as amadis as well being followers of the promised messiah the founder of the amdi muslim community claimed to be the promised messiah we have a perfect example in front of us yep. i mean his holiness if you has a muslim sura him the current caliph and the fifth successor to the promised messiah if you observe every single prayer and he has not missed a single one hmm. since he became a caliph in 2003 um every pr- single prayer that he comes to to lead you will not find anything on his purse like you know his 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 attire his his clothes which would suggest uh otherwise yeah i mean it's always spick and span clean because it's you are going in front of god almighty hmm. and th- that's something that you have to keep keep in mind that's yeah. that's uh, i mean it's a very simple very easy thing to do but uh, sometimes we get carried away by by you know, laziness and laziness and, yeah i mean we can't be we've got washing machines we've got yeah, all sorts yeah, of things yeah. uh, but still we we can't be bothered to I've change I've seen and I've heard from from, from from our elders i mean um people that we have not met we have not seen but we've heard stories about them hmm. that if they had two pairs of clothes on them one was specifically reserved just for prayer hmm. they would not wear that that outfit or that suit whatever it was for anything but prayer and they yeah. they lived on two suits two outfits yeah they you know back in the days, I mean, <laughs> that's I mean, that's what it was they had difficult times yeah. and they only had yeah, yeah. two suits and yeah. imagine one suit <laughs> just for the daily thing and yeah. one suit from that's that, that we learned so much from yeah. our elderly exactly and and they had a whole different and i mean their understanding of 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 god and about spirituality was was different because you were not bombarded with all of the distractions that we have today. Yeah. I mean, for them even if they were working on the fields or 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 doing labor work when it was time for prayer, it was time for prayer. Mm. And well, okay, these were looking at the companions of the Holy Prophet peace and blessings of Allah be upon him for example. They did hard labor. They used to work in the fields or they used to work in the markets, but when it was the call for prayer it was the call for prayer everything else was was not important it was the call for prayer and there's again we'll go into the details of it as well look at the time it's also 4:36 and we haven't even touched upon the actual <laughs> prayer <laughs> so uh so uh, w- what do we do um after 
the ablution then um yeah when we pray in congregation so um you might have heard about the adhan meaning that th- there's a call the islamic call to prayer which is recited by someone who's called a muaddin meaning someone who calls the adhan mm-hmm. now just very briefly when it comes to the the islamic call to prayer there's a story about this as well mm-hmm. it's not just randomly put together um when the muslims migrated to medina they built the first mosque and then the holy prophet peace and blessings of allah be upon him he he took advice he sought advice from his companions how do you call people for prayer hmm. and there was a specific uh, incident when it came to the islamic prayer yeah. some suggested you know a bell some suggested a fire but all of this was rejected because it was found in other religions as well hmm. and it didn't really click it wasn't hmm. really you know satisfying hmm. and 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 maybe befitting of of the muslim call to prayer uh, hmm. the, the muslim prayer itself yeah and then what happened and then uh, i believe um two companions yes. two or three i, I remember two companions one of them was hazrat bilal mm-hmm. uh, may allah be pleased with him uh, received the wordings of azan in his dream um and then someone else as well hazrat umar hazrat umar radiyallahu i'm not sure about hazrat bilal but hazrat umar radiyallahu ta'ala who the was second caliph, yeah. okay and uh, i think uh, there was one other companion uh, i don't remember who but they actually saw it in a dream heard it in a dream heard it in the dream the yeah. wordings and the holy yeah. prophet said yes this is the one yeah. these these are the wordings yeah. that i want to include as 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 pray and uh hazrat bilal was uh, the first muazzin yes. uh, i guess um who called the prayer um and it's very interesting uh, i mean even non muslims when they visit uh, muslim countries yeah they also get affected and they they yeah. say that this this is some something different and i mean if I feel you the, feel more spiritual yeah, yeah. by listening these if you if you uh, our our you know introduction our jingle for example it's mm-hmm. just the first part of that prayer but what a beautiful way to call people to prayer yeah. and just quickly going through the words um it means i'm just going to to mention the translation you say god is great four times then you say i bear witness that there is no no one worthy of worship except allah meaning except god and that's said two times and then you say i bear witness that muhammad peace and blessings of allah be upon him is the messenger of god and then turning to the right you say hurry to prayer rise up for prayer that's again two times then you turn to the left and then you say hurry to success uh, or rise up to sal- for salvation and then you finish off with the words uh, god is great again two times and then there is no god except the one god so the central theme of everything is the oneness the unity uh, of god almighty yeah i mean the oneness the unity that he is great and he's he is the one who has created us yeah. and there is no <coughs> one we should you know be worshiping yeah. uh, except uh, god almighty and the wordings that you just said hurry to prayer hurry to success so the prayer is basically uh, the success of mm-hmm. your um of your spirituality because if you want to be close to god almighty if you want to recognize the god uh, that has created you then you know we we need to pray mm-hmm. and uh, this is these are the wordings and this is very beautiful and especially when it's recited um in a melodious way mm-hmm. uh, I mean uh, I do really um 
like it and many people not even not just muslims but many others uh, like it as well i think um, we also have uh, some audio clips as well isn't sure. it um um i think we've got audio clip on how should one pray when one is in a state of misery because there is a because we yeah. usually think of god and and turn towards god and pray more uh when we are in misery isn't yeah. it yeah so let's listen to this is a answer by the fourth caliph of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community Hazrat may Allah have mercy on his soul when he was asked this question how should one pray when one is in a state of misery let's see what he had to say you know sometimes the state of misery and distress becomes an unspoken prayer in itself the prayers are not always spoken sometimes the state is so miserable that you look at that person and you show mercy This is why Allah Taala has mentioned in the Holy Quran two types of people: one as beggars, and one as I mean, wafiyam walehum him hakul lisaile wal marun. Not beggars in the normal sense, ordinary sense, but beggars in the sense that who have to ask questions because they have been forced to the extent by misery. that uh, they can't survive unless they ask for assistance but there are others who are mahroom who can't even ask because their uh, self respect would stand in the way and whatever may happen to them they will not spread their hand to others so allah says that the mu'minin the believers should look after both these classes they should not wait for anybody to ask if somebody belongs to this class as he would not spread his hand extend his hand to others for mercy they should go to him and extend their hands to him for mercy so now if allah wants us to behave like that how can it be possible for allah not to behave like that to us so every situation does not demand prayer the situation can be of such nature that you have not spoken a single word but allah has shown mercy to you if there is that nobility that is mentioned in that is implied in mahroom mahroom means a man who has such honor as does not extend his hands to anybody so if you do not pray during your misery to allah but go on running to people for aid and help and raise your hue and cry and try to attract people's attention you get out of the category of mahroom so then it is not a state of praying in which you find yourself then it is a different state with which i am not concerned i am telling you that the ideal thing in that situation is to depend on allah and do not uh, cry out to people uh, trying to winning their favors and so on be patient and wait <laughs> and there is a prayer by hazrat moses which is also significant uh, in the sense that it describes such a situation where man does cannot ask for anything does not know what is good for him sometimes he is so confused and baffled that he doesn't know which is what thing is good for him and what is bad for him in that state too one cannot ask for anything so hazrat moses uh, was uh, very clever in this respect in his prayers are very interesting and they have been so oft repeated in the holy quran that allah must have enjoyed the way he prayed 
So he says, Rabbi inni leman zalta ilayya min khairin fakir. Oh my Lord, I don't know. What is good for me? I am just a beggar sitting in your way. Give me alms as you please. He is not asking for anything. And after that prayer, everything was given to him. A home, a wife, security, and employment, and prophethood. And the prayer is so silent and so short, as if nothing has been asked. So the state of misery can be turned into a silent prayer. So that was His Holiness, the fourth Caliph of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, Hazrat Mirza Tahir Ahmed, may Allah have mercy on his soul, talking about how should one pray when one is in a state of misery. Now the actual um, act or the actual form of the prayer, let's just quickly run through that. If you have not been to a mosque and if you have not seen how Muslims pray, by all means, if you want to visit any mosque of the Amdi Muslim community, you can reach out, you can send us an email, it doesn't matter which country or corner of the world you are listening from. Uh, if you do send us an email, um, we'll make sure to put you uh, through to the next uh, mosque of the Amdi Muslim community and you can go visit, see for yourself how Muslims pray. Now, you have different several or different bodily postures uh, for example, you stand uh, in 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 you know with your hands folded on uh, your 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 chest. You you bow down as well, which is called ruku. Then you have prostration, which is you touching your forehead uh, to the ground, and then you sit as well. And during each of these postures, there's different prayers and different you know parts of the Holy mm -hmm. Quran that needs to be uh, recited um, and they are in Arabic why, why are they in Arabic first of all? I mean um, the reason because they're in Arabic is the Holy Quran mm. um, because there are uh, parts uh, where we recite the Arabic words yeah. right so the Holy Quran is um, revealed in the, uh, the Arabic language the Arabic language is so rich that you know when you say a sentence it has many meanings yeah. it's it's much deeper than any other yeah. language and it's also known as uh, the mother of the languages mm. um, and, and, and the, the promised messiah also mentioned in deep why there is me you know why we read our praise in arabic why don't we read it you know uh, straight in in tr why don't we just translate it and yeah. why don't we read it in on our own uh, language the reason is the 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 language that God Almighty has revealed the Quran mm. and, and the prayers and to the Holy Prophet as well, it has a deeper connection mm. with your soul. Um, that's why. But it doesn't mean that, of course, we only recite it in Arabic yeah. and we don't know the meaning. So every single prayer that you do, you should also aim to learn the translation as well. And that's to to have that concentration exactly yeah you need to know what you're saying i mean if you are communicating with god almighty and if you don't know if you're just memorizing the words and just um speaking them and talking and, and just you know saying the words without knowing what they actually mean then that kind of defeats the purpose yeah if you want to develop that relationship you need to know what you're saying and as you said I mean these these prayers or these 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 uh, verses that we recite in in the Arabic language 
the meanings they are so deep sometimes deep, yeah. I mean, there's a whole philosophy just the surah fatiha the first seven verses of the holy quran that you recite in every single part of the prayer every every prayer five times a day uh, if you look at the two qualities of ar-rahman and ar-rahim meaning the merciful and the gracious and the merciful mm. i mean the promise of saya has written volumes on that mm. uh, and and there's so much that you can you can you can talk and you can say about these things yeah so, but the question still remains that how do we maintain concentration in prayer? It's very easy. For example, if you're standing in, in congregation, of course, you know you have to live in this world and you have bills to pay and you have rent to pay and this to do and that to do. And, and, and that nags on your brain sometimes. Yeah. It's hmm. in the back of your head. It's in the back of your mind, which is natural. So this question was asked to His Holiness, Hazrat Mizam Surham, the current caliph of the Ahmadi Muslim community, that how can we maintain concentration in prayer? And this is what His Holiness had to say. Another Khadim mentioned that sometimes a person can get distracted whilst offering Salat and sought Huzul's guidance on how to maintain one's concentration on the prayer. Because your preferences are different. Eh? While, while praying, your preference is not prayer. What are you studying? I'm studying A-levels. What are your subjects? Uh, arts, computer science, and maths. Math. So when you're praying, sometimes you're distracted, you are thinking of your computer science, any problem in, of the computer science, how to solve it, or how to do this, to learn this formula to, to solve this question of the mathematics. So, so sometimes you are seeing some program on the television, and just it just comes before you, that, oh, that, that character of the t- drama was... Doing this thing and that thing, huh? So these these are the things which are distracting your attention, and you are not focusing properly on the salat. So at that time, when you are reciting Surah Fatiha, you say Eden Asirat Al Mustaqim, Eden Asirat Al Mustaqim, Eden Asirat Al Mustaqim, and then Auzu Billah Min Shaitani Rajim. And if you are offering your prayer in congregation, then say Auzu Billah and then focus on what the Imam is saying on your prayer. And when you are doing your own prayer, offering sunnah or offering even your salat at home, then, A'udhu Billah Minash Shaitan Rajeem, Lahawla Quwwata Illa Billah, A'udhu Billah, Astaghfirullah. And then this way, wherever you come to know that you are distracted, then try to come to the same place. If you see that you are reciting Surah Fatiha, and after reciting Maliki Yomidin, you have gone to solve your computer problem or math, math problem or some other character of the drama, then say, Auzu Billah Minishatwaraji, Mustafurla, and then repeat again, start again from Surah Fatiha, Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen. So repeatedly do it, do it, and seek Allah's help in this regard, and then Allah will help you. It is a continuous process, and after some time, you will be well trained, then you will never be distracted. And there it is. What a beautiful answer of uh, His Holiness, the fifth caliph of the Amdiya Muslim community, talking about and answering the question how we can maintain concentration in prayer. Now, as we said, it's uh, the five daily prayers are mandatory and obligatory on uh, every male adult as well as you know women. Um, but there are few exceptions. One exception is um, for children. Uh, just as we have the concept of fasting, 
in which uh, if you are elderly, if you are sick, if you are a child, if you're pregnant, they do not have to fast. They're similarly in um, when it comes to the concept of praying or the five daily prayers. Uh, there's also exceptions. So children are there. It's not obligatory on them until they reach a certain age. However, it requires continuous effort and, of course, persua- persuasion to get them to the stage where they start offering their prayers regularly in the manner prescribed for the prayers. So that's why you start early. You take them to the mosque, even if they're like three, four. I mean, my kids, three and six. It's not ob- obligatory on them, but I take them to the mosque so that they can observe, so they mm. can see. And I think it starts at home when you are uh, praying at home with your wife or when you're praying at home on your own, that when children see how you how you're praying when they when they see you every single day that at a certain time my my dad and my mom or my parents they are doing something yeah they copy that it's it i mean you don't even have to teach them they just automatically copy mm. because it's very easy to do and and very easy to uh, to to copy but when it comes to the essence when it comes to the prayers and all of course you're going to have to put some effort into it yeah but it starts itself with the habit of seeing it, of knowing that this is a constant in your life, yep. this is going to happen every single day, and from there you just take it. Hmm. As far as the question is concerned uh, about uh, if or or when children do start to pray, uh, there's a concept, and uh, very famously, um, people say that the prayers of of children are accepted more and are accepted easily. This was also a question which was asked to His Holiness as Mr. Masood Ahmed, may Allah be his helper, and this is what he had to say about that question. My question is that sometimes elders say that the prayers of children are more easily accepted. Could beloved Hazur help us understand this better? You see, because uh, children are innocent, this is why it is said even with the tradition as well, that since children are innocent, their prayers are accepted. And the grown-up people, those who have committed so many sins, or they are not paying full attention to their prayers, they are involved in worldly activities, and they do not do justice with their duties towards their Creator, Allah Ta'ala, then... It means only they are going to pray when they are need or something. But uh, in the case of children, they are not involved very much in the worldly things. They are innocent in this age. So when they pray, Allah Ta'ala accepts their prayer because of their innocence because it is coming out from their heart. So Allah loves the innocent people. If grown-up people, elderly people, those who are very pious are innocent, Allah Ta'ala also accepts their prayer. But most of the cases we see in today's world that people are involved in worldly things. Whereas young children do not know much about the worldly things. And they are innocent. They have not committed sins. This is why Allah Ta'ala accepts their prayers.
Okay. What a wonderful time that is actually, isn't it? <laughs> when you don't have any worries about the world and and that innocence. And if you I've I've heard it so many times. I mean, when you instill that concept of prayer within kids and say that, you know, don't don't ask other people or any anyone for help. If you need anything, I mean, we we grew up with the concept of you know even if you have to ask or if you even if you need shoelaces you yeah. should ask god almighty yeah i mean that, that and pretty much every muslim household you probably come across this but that's 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 what we teach our children mm. to not rely on anyone or anything but god almighty but god almighty yeah and if you have as i said even if you need shoelaces don't don't ask anyone pray to god almighty pray to god yeah, yeah. i mean i remember um yeah, Imam um, Atal Mujib Rashid is yeah. the Imam of the, of the Fazl Mosque in, in Wandsworth. He gave an example of this, that once he was um, traveling from one place to another place, I think he was up north and mm-hmm. he, was, he was traveling, and uh, the ca- it was raining and, and the bonnet of the car went open oh. and it wasn't locking. Okay. It wasn't locking at all. And then um, they, uh, they, they stopped and they started praying. They start praying, God Almighty, help us. What shall we do? I mean, they didn't have any rope or anything yeah. like that to, to close it. And then suddenly they they thought of the idea of using shoelaces. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, Imam Atal Mujib Rashid, uh, um, um, he basically, you know, saw one of the, the members uh, who was there and it's like, what about your shoelaces? I mean, we can use that. Yeah. I said, yeah, that's that's really true. And then they, and they, <laughs> they tie basically it. tied it and then <laughs> they were safe for the rest of the journey. But yeah, and this is one of the... Uh, and I think there's so many, everyone has some sort of experience where you think you're in a, in a difficult situation and then you're trying to ask this one or do that one or trying to figure... But then at the end of the day, you know what, you say, you know what, this is nah. Forget everything and everyone. You just pray to God Almighty, and the way it works instantly. Yep. I mean, I can probably tell you so many stories that I've heard and I've come across. Um, and I think the God Summit that was organized by the Review of Religions. I mean, fantastic. That if you fantastic. have, you can go online and search for the God Summit by the Review of Religions. Uh, again, from every walk of life, from every corner of the world, you have stories where. God manifested himself, God showed himself, and he said that I am here, I do exist, yeah. but the issue is that you have come to me, you have to come to me first. Yeah. If you ask me, I will give you. Hmm. Exactly. I mean, God shows you know, himself in so many ways, not, mm. n- not just believers, but also non-believers mm. through so many ways. But if you go and ask God, and he will definitely answer your prayers. And this is how you can you know, experience God. And this is the best way that every individual can experience God, and that's through prayers, of course. In chapter 29, verse 46, God Almighty states, Recite that which has been revealed to you of the book and observe prayer. Surely prayer restrains one from indecency and manifest evil. Verily, the remembrance of Allah possesses the highest beneficence, and Allah knows what you do. We are talking about the Islamic uh, form of worship, the Salah, the five daily prayers, and there's a few more things that we do want to talk about. So do stay tuned after the news at five. Don't forget, we're asking you a question on our daily opinion uh, poll or the story on Instagram. Why do you pray? So go to Voice of Islam UK on Instagram, go to Instagram story and do leave us a comment. You don't have to be a Muslim. Just tell us, why do you pray? We'll be back after the news.
You are listening to the recording of a live show. Please do not call or text, as this is a recording, and lines are now closed. You're listening to the Voice of Islam Radio. Broadcasting on DAB and via the internet 24 hours a day. Welcome back um, to uh, the Drive Time Show. The previous hour we were speaking about prayers, um, uh, why it is important, how we pray, um, why do you, you know, what are the, uh, what's the sequence of prayer and what are the benefits of, of, of prayers. Um, and it's a very interesting topic, of course. Um, we also have some answers of the question that was asked on Instagram mm. story. Um, the the question was, why do we pray? Um, some of the answers are um, from Hai, but we pray to be closed to Allah, to be to be close to Allah, and to apologize for our mistakes and to have great worship with Allah. Um, Salma says to get closer to God. Binte Sami says to get closer to Allah. Um, Faiza says to sort out uh, my life. And um, Saad uh, Kajabin says to attain divine guidance and nearness towards Allah. And again, from Tabsi, uh, she also says that it's, um, it's to be closer to Allah. So, you know, most of them, they actually said, mm. uh, you know, it's, it's to be close to God Almighty. Which it? is the purpose of it. Which is the purpose of it. Now, another purpose of the five daily prayers is to purify ourselves. One uh, verse of the Holy Quran that I mentioned just before the break, in which God Almighty states that surely prayer restrains one from indecency and manifest evil. On this note, there's a narration Again, raised by Hazrat Abu Huraira, may Allah be pleased with him, one of the companions of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. And he heard the Prophet say that, tell me if one of you had a stream running at his door and he should take a bath in it five times every day, would any dirt be left upon him? The companions answered that no Prophet of Allah, no dirt would be left on, on, on such a person. Upon this, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, he said that this is the case of the five prayers. Allah wipes out all faults and consequence of them. So the daily prayers are a way um, to purify ourselves. And by following this act of worship with you know, all of the intentions, the, clean, the cleanliness, physical as well as spiritual, and the sincerity that we do it with, that can be a source of freeing us from sin. Now, in the Holy Quran, we also find that, again, it all evolves around the concept of God Almighty. In mm. Surah Al-Mu'minun, which talks about the qualities of a believer, God says that if you are praying to show off to people, then those prayers will be thrown back into your face. Yep. So, it's you can we can, you know show off to the world we can claim to be someone we can claim to be something but the reality is known to God Almighty Hmm. so if your intentions are not clear if your intentions are not pure while you are praying then you can pray all your life it's probably not going to do anything Hmm. no good to you at least Hmm. 
Now, lastly there, we want to talk very briefly about the philosophy of prayer. I mean, as we mentioned earlier, forced prayers are considered worthless as well as prayers that which are done to show off uh, or to show the world, oh, look at me, I'm, I'm, I'm such a holy person, I'm doing all my prayers. Hmm. Uh, all of that is not going to, to do anything. But if the believers remember that Allah does not need our prayers, but we need our prayers ourselves because they purify us, they hmm. keep us away from bad things, etc., etc., then we can understand the need and, and the necessity of the sincere observance of, of the five daily prayers. Yeah. Um, in uh, as, as Muslims, we should, you know, try to pray mm. the five daily prayers. And in congregation, this is what we uh, are advised to as well. This means that the imam, who's the, the, the leader, uh, who's, who leads the prayers, um, or, and, and the muqtadi, the believers who are following them, they stay, you know, they uh, stand straight behind the believers uh, in, in rows, shoulder to shoulder. There is a greater benefit and greater reward in offering the prayers in congregation because you stand shoulder to shoulder and, you know, there is... Uh, no discrimination of any color or any this is this is the moment we get together for the purpose of worshiping our creator so old young uh, doesn't matter what what mm. religion or uh, what what uh, culture they or 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 what uh, country they're from mm. so we all come together shoulder to shoulder to pray yeah. um, Re- religion should be the same though <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, there are people who, <laughs> uh, non-Muslim, it's helpful, too. helpful. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, so there's a hadith of the Holy Prophet, peace and peace and blessing of Allah be upon him, where he indicates that um, um, that uh, he says that if the people come to know of the great rewards and the benefits of the congregational prayer, they would never stay back but would rush to the masjid rush to the uh, mosque for it. The first row merits the highest reward. Two persons praying together merit greater reward than the same praying individually. The rule being that the bigger the congregation, the higher it's worth in the sight mm. of Allah. In one of his uh, Friday sermons delivered on the 26th of uh, uh, January 2018, the Caliph Hazrat Mirza Ahmed, His Holiness, explain the power of prayer as he stated whilst elaborating on the philosophy of prayer on one occasion the promised messiah on whom be peace the founder of the Amdi muslim community stated when a child being driven by hunger cries for milk then milk is generated in the mother's breasts the child does not even know what prayer is but his cries draw the milk he continues by saying that this is a universal experience then how can it be that our cries before allah the exalted draw nothing if a person were to reflect on the philosophy of prayer, keeping in mind the connection and relationship which a child has with its mother, one would find it easy to understand this matter. The promised Messiah, on whom be peace, said in this regard that the essence and spirit of prayer lie in supplications. And so much more has been said on this topic by the founder of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmed, the promised Messiah, on whom be peace, as well as you know the caliphs and the successors who followed after him. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, this is the, the essence of Islam. Hmm. He said that my, I mean, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him as well. If you look at his life, up until the last breath, 
he was inquiring about is it namaz time is it time for prayers and even him who had all of his shortcomings previous future present forgiven by god almighty when he was asked by his wife as aisha may allah be pleased with her and oh prophet of allah why do you go through so much hardship why do you stand in prayer in the night during the night uh, you know so much so that your feet they start to swell up hmm. he looked at her and said oh aisha should i not be a grateful servant of god almighty so there's billions and billions of things that god almighty has bestowed upon us the least we can do as muslims at least the least we can do is fulfill this basic obligation this 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 basic requirement yeah. i mean it's not even we're not talking about nawafil we're not talking about the voluntary prayers as well this is just the very very basic yeah and that's the least we can do um to 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 give thanks to be grateful to god almighty we want to close this topic with a question another question that was asked to his holiness hazrat mirza tahir ahmed the fourth caliph of the md muslim community may allah have mercy on his soul about um how to address how to speak how to connect with god almighty The question was is it permissible to speak to God as one would speak to a personal friend how are we to address how are we to talk to God almighty and this is the answer that his holiness had uh, on this question is it permissible for one to communicate with God by speaking to him as one would to a personal friend at the same time paying due obeisance to him and if so how should one address god in this situation this is uh, not only permissible this is uh, most welcome this is encouraged you can't uh, cultivate a personal relationship with allah unless you begin to speak to him and address him informally and there the best uh, advice that can be given to you is that be informal about it be natural whatever you you uh, think you would like if you were addressed like this whatever you think you would respond to with love you try to behave like that to allah this has been beautifully depicted this attitude has been beautifully depict, depicted in the story told about hazrat moses and the shepherd You have heard it, I suppose. Uh, no, I have not. All right, then I'll repeat it. The fact is that I mean, the story tells us that uh, once Hazrat Musa was uh, making a journey somewhere, when he passed by a shepherd who was sitting, um, you know, killing mice, ah, lice, killing lice yes. from his clothes. You know, he was doing it like this. You know, people do it. So, and also he was talking. So Hazrat Musa heard there, there was no man to to be addressed. So he got uh, inquisitive and he heard what he was saying. So he was addressing Allah and saying that, "Oh my Lord, if ever you come to me, I'll wash your clothes and kill all the lice which I find in them." I'll take out your phone and I'll give you mail and do this do this and do that to you. Hazrat Musa became very angry and he shouted him down he said who are you to address Allah like this 
He doesn't stand in need of you. Your help and he has no license like you have. So God shouted him down in, in turn and said, Moses, who were you to stand between me and my servant? I was enjoying his talk so thoroughly that you have destroyed the whole fun. So this is why tells us, Ana in the Abdibi. I'm like the imagination of a person which he has about myself. However he considers me and treats me, I become like that to him. And it has to be that way and no other way because Allah is unlimited. He can only fill our bear, our, our utensils, whatever we hold. And beyond that it is not our capacity. So, Ana in the Zanne Abdi B is one of the deepest sayings which can be extended to so many situations and yet not exhausted. So, in this respect, this is the advice given to you. If you treat Allah with extreme love in your own way, Allah would begin to treat you like that. Ana in the Zanne Abdi B. But don't be artificial about it. Be natural, that is the only advice. Allah Akbar Allah Akbar Allah أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أشهد أن محمدا listening to the voice of islam radio assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh peace be upon you and welcome back to the drive time show at voice of islam uk so um in the previous hour we were discussing about a very important topic which was salat the prayer and why we pray how we pray um what's the sequence and what other religions or faiths uh, teach us about the prayer. It was very interesting and, and um, um, we had a very interesting uh, discussion, me and um, Imam Raza. Um, and and uh, of course we had to end it and we do not have enough time to cover the, the topic of prayer. So this hour we will be uh, discussing about a different topic which is uh, also related to our faith uh, and, and anyone who believes in faith, um, they have a connection with prophets. So this is the topic that we will be discussing, the prophets, the messengers of Allah's mercy. Um, 
If you have any questions or you want to get involved, you can always give us a call on 020-8687-7878. Uh, this is 020-8687-7878. You can also email us at info at voiceofislam.co.uk. You can also listen to our previous um, shows on soundcloud.com. Um, where uh, slash voice of Islam, um, where you can listen all you know uh, the dif- different topics or different discussions that we had in the previous drive time show, and also you can also visit our website, which is voiceofislam.co.uk, where you can also find different um, um, you know uh, programs that you can listen um, on 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 the website. Um, so the topic of prophets is a very important topic because um, pretty much whoever believes in 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 God Almighty and 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 his religions, we see that they believe in in one of the prophets that God Almighty sent uh, sent uh, has sent to us, and we as Muslims we believe um, that Allah Almighty has created the mankind and provided them with all necessary means. Allah has also granted each human the ability to choice of selection and action you know which is why a human being can uh, influence his own destiny god almighty has placed a supreme object of life which every human can achieve by striving for it to achieve this object allah sends his prophets and and these prophets they serve as models for humans because let's say if you do not have anyone who could uh, you know show what how you should behave or what the, the message of god is or god wouldn't send any prophets then you can't be asked to do stuff as well and you wouldn't know what god really wants from you why god has created you why do we per- worship so all these things are explained by these models by the prophets now those prophets have you know been appearing at all times so there is to all parts of the world there's no time in in the history that god almighty has not you know from the beginning of the creation from the beginning of you know humanity um, god has been sending prophets why so that people can you know seek guidance from 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 the messenger of god almighty uh, so that people can learn from the prophet um, what God really wants to say. Now, all those prophets sent by God had one common mission, one thing which is, uh, you know, uh, 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 one mission that ha- they had to complete. And there is no prophet on earth, right, um, when when they've been given a, a, a mission, they have not completed it. Every human, every prophet has completed the mission because they are you know, cherry-picked by God Almighty. They are been appointed by God Almighty, so they complete their mission. Now, the the mission that they have is to guide mankind, to guide the mankind to its creator through their own example. Because there should be, you know, we, we always look up for, for people who could guide us, who could, you know, show us the right path. Otherwise, it's very difficult for us to figure out what is right and what is wrong. So that's why God Almighty sends his own man 
right to to you know show others uh, as an example how we should live in this world what the purpose is of life how we can attain uh, the nearness of god almighty or how we can succeed in this world and in the hereafter as well the holy quran specifically speaks about this in chapter 35 verse number verse number 25 where he says and there is no people to whom a warner has not been sent so i uh, in, you know previously i discussed that there is no time when when god has not sent a prophet so god has sent many prophets and according to a hadith a saying of the holy prophet peace and blessings of allah be upon him we find that god has sent 125000 uh, 124000 prophets but of course not all of them are you know mentioned in all the scriptures but you know through this hadith and uh, through this uh, saying of the holy prophet we find out that you know god has been sending so many prophets in different places of the world and we also discussed um that you know even the uh, native americans or aboriginals or anywhere where you know uh, the, the, where this civilization was not there yet or humans let's say from america or or, or asia have you know met uh, people in in an island uh, where they did not have any communication with um, the general people, right? Even they had some sort of worshipping. They also believed in a higher being who uh, has, you know, created us, who could provide us, who could help us, right? At another place in the Holy Quran, in chapter 10, verse number 48, God Almighty says that, and for every people there is a messenger, you know, indicating that every nation on earth had a messenger so every uh, you know um, continent where humans have lived we god almighty has been sending his messengers now this further verifies um, the belief that allah has indeed sent a prophet to all people over the time the development of a you know, the, the, the sometimes we think that why, you know, has God Almighty sent so many prophets? Why not only one prophet? So this is also something that we will be discussing. And it's it's a very uh, interesting, um, you know, question that some people ask. So why prophets? Why can't we, you know, just on our own figure out what is right and what is wrong and what why we are here? Now, this is why we need prophets. Now, it is also a fact that mankind has developed over periods of time. You know, the development has also a, a connection with the, the prophets as well. So all those prophets um, that were sent at a, um, they were sent at a specific time and location you know, to cater for the needs for the people. Therefore, we can understand them and their message as temporary. As mankind gradually became more advanced and matured, Allah Almighty therefore sent more advanced and matured teachings which were suitable for their time. Now up until the final perfected and completed message through our beloved Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, which Allah mentions in the Holy Quran in chapter 5, verse number 4, that this day I have perfected your religion for you, 
and completed my favor upon you and have chosen for you Islam as religion. Now, there's a very interesting um, story in regards to this verse. When um, when when you look at one of the uh, authentic um, sayings of the uh, authentic books of the sayings of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, which is uh, known as Sahih Bukhari, um, you see that uh, in in the second book there's a hadith where a um, a, a a a Jew um, asks or says that if we had um, you know, this first revealed to us, then this specific day, whenever this day was, you know, reveal, uh, revealed, um, um, this this specific verse, we would, you know, uh, do Eid or we would do celebration for this specific verse. Now, this is a jealousy that, you know, others had. But then, of course, we have to remember that we believe in all the prophets of God. So Moses, Jesus, um Hazrat Adam, every prophet. So all the prophets that have have come and brought a, a a religion of God Almighty, we believe in all of them. But of course, there is a specific, you know, time for every religion and every prophet. Now, this companion, um, you know, he said um, that, um, you know, this 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 verse is revealed to us um, uh, if it had been revealed to us, the community of Jews, we would have taken that day on which was revealed as a day of celebration now the this 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 conversation was between Omar ibn al-Khattab may Allah be pleased with him and this com- and, and 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 this uh, this person from uh, uh, from the Jewish community and the Hazrat Omar um, may Allah be pleased with him asked which verse are you talking about why are you you know which which one is it and he said, this day I have perfected your religion for you and completed my favor upon you and have chosen for you Islam as religion. And Umar, uh, may Allah be pleased with him, understood. And he said, okay, yes, this was the day of Arafat. Um, uh, uh, this uh, this was the d- day of uh, Friday where the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah, when he was standing at Arafat and he, he um, you know, he... Um, said these verses that these verses are revealed to us to you know specify that you know I um, the religion of Islam is a religion which has completed the the teachings of God Almighty now sometimes we think that why the religion of Islam why is this the last religion why is it considered to be a universal religion the the reason behind that is all the prophets that came before the communication between the the uh, nations back in the time or going from one corner to f- from from one place to another place was not that advanced at that time so god sent um different prophets at different times where they uh, their task was to you know focus on this nation and then the other nation wherever the prophet sent by the time the holy prophet peace and blessings Allah be upon him came the human you know they have humanity has evolved so much that they could accept one uh, religion or one teaching that could be adopted uh, for for everyone but not only just for you know for, for 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 the time when the holy prophet peace and blessings of Allah be upon came but 
for, 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 for future as well. Now, the Holy Quran is the message of God Almighty, where God Almighty teaches us the history, the, the, the present time of the Holy Prophet as well, and also the future until the end days. So that's why we believe it's a religion of, um, you know, which is, um, which is complete and which is, which is for, uh, forever. Now, um, I did forget to mention that we have um, a guest with us, um, Imam Osama Mubarak, um, who is uh, a, a graduate of the Jamia Ahmadiyya UK, uh, the University of the Ahmadiyya Muslim Community for Theology and Modern Languages. Um, um, Imam Osama is with us. Assalamu alaikum, peace be upon you, and welcome to the Drive Time Show. Wa alaikum salam, peace be upon you too, and Zakla for having me. Thank you very much for uh, for your time and 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 connecting with us. Um, so as we are discussing in, in the previous hour, we were discussing about salat, the the, um, the second pillar of Islam, or a, a, one of the pillars of Islam, which is is a must and without that we cannot connect with god almighty we cannot fulfill our purpose of 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 us being here uh but then in this hour which is also connection with 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 salat is that the prophets have taught us how to pray but then this you know in this hour we will only focus on the the importance of prophets why why prophets are with us here so could you you know kindly explain us what's the difference between a false prophet and a true prophet because you know sometimes when we we can't really there, there there will be philosophers right let's say who would say that uh you know the prophets that have come they, they were just humans like us so they were not you know special people they were just uh you know we don't believe in god so they were they were just normal humans so they might say that Okay, they were just 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 humans. They were not, you know, prophets. It's nothing such as prophets. But then, uh, others might say some of the faiths or some of the religions might not accept other prophets, and they would say that, you know, that that specific prophet, we don't believe him as a prophet. Um, we believe our prophet, prophet. So how do we distinguish, or how do we know the differences between a false prophet and a true prophet? I mean, there's so much to take in. Like this question, you could go on and on. Mm-hmm. Um, especially considering that you mentioned how people had this sort of theory or this mindset back in the days as well. They wouldn't expect prophets to be human beings. But God Almighty himself um, has mentioned in the Holy Quran where uh, prophets have been declared as mortal. Mm-hmm. From, uh, where, they have been, where they have been referred to as a, as a bashar. Which, which means a mortal human being. Mm-hmm. So that's one distinction. They aren't extraordinary human beings that have different sort of faculties outside of the realm of nature that we understand. They are human beings like us. They die and they live just like us. So that's one thing that we need to get straight as well. Mm-hmm. Now, with the distinction of um, you know, a false and a true prophet, there's so many other things that you can have a look at. For example, uh, there is a book written by the fourth caliph of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, Hazrat Mizar Tahir Ahmed, peace be upon him. And uh, the book is called True Insights into the Concept of Khatma Nabuwa, mm-hmm. so uh, the seal of prophethood. And in that, he makes a reference to a statement of a very, very 
renowned, well-known Islamic jurist of the 14th century called Ibn al-Qayyim. And uh, he is even quoted nowadays as well with the books that he's written and his work on jurisprudence, etc. So Ibn al-Qayyim wrote in the 14th century, he said, Ever since the world has been created, many false claimants to prophethood made their claims and displayed some pomp and glory in the beginning, but they could not achieve their objectives, nor were they granted a long time period. The prophets of Allah the Almighty and their followers annihilated them and rendered them totally helpless. This is the way of Allah from the beginning of times, and so will it remain. So in analysis of this, this statement of Ibn al-Qayyim, the fourth caliph um, then explains, and he writes in his book, that it has never happened that a false claimant should be looked upon with a great hope mm-hmm. that he be very popular and should suddenly lose all his popularity because of his claim. Mm-hmm. Now, um, other things that you have to consider when taking this into consideration is that prophets in the past have said, فَقَدْ لَبِثْتُ فِيكُمْ أُمْرًا and this means, and it's a verse in the Quran as well, which was reoccurred a number of times, where they are saying that I have most certainly lived amongst you, as in to say, you have seen me live, you have seen my morals, you have seen my characteristics and my way of life. You know how I've carried myself, and I am no, you know, ordinary human being in the sense of my, uh, in, in regards to my morals. Uh, and of course, they are humble in nature, so. It speaks for themselves. Their character speaks for themselves. So that's one distinction that you notice their way of life, and it's completely different to any other human beings. They have a spiritual connection with God Almighty that is second to none. Hmm. And with with regards to the false claimants, for example, uh, there is um, a chapter in the Holy Quran, chapter sixty-nine, called Surah Al-Hakka, and in that uh, I'll read the translation. It's a bit lengthy. Hmm. Uh, God Almighty says that and if he had falsely attributed even a trivial statement to us we would surely have seized him by the right hand and then surely we would have severed his jugular vein and none of you could shield him from us that is not to say it would be a a barbaric sort of torture and the killing of a person but that is to say that they wouldn't be able to advance in their mission of propagating this false message this false claim Hmm. right (laughs) so uh, and that that is one thing that makes them different from us. That those people who do make these false claims, God Almighty promises that He wouldn't let them get away with it. Right? Yeah. He would actually seize them and He would sever them by the jugular vein. Yeah. And uh, on the other side, again coming back to the prophets and um, a verse in favor of the prophets and their truth, you find how in chapter 58, verse 22, God Almighty makes a promise. And what you can extrapolate from this promise is that God Almighty is ensuring that there is a guarantee of victory for mm-hmm. the messengers, for his messengers. So the verse is, which translates to, most surely I will prevail, I and my messengers. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly how history unfolded. So prophets who were, you know, threatened beyond escape, beyond measure, they managed to become triumphant against all odds time and again. Hmm. This is this is the success that we see uh, in prophets as well, that, uh, mm. you know, after a prophet has demised, we still remember them. We also uh, worship um, because of them, right? So the, the mm. prayers so that it's we It's a do, legacy that leaves behind. It's, it's a legacy that leaves behind the followers as well of that prophet that also mentioned... Uh, 
in in the scriptures in the holy quran as well the 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 success the uh, divine um success um or let's say the success they they have had you know when when no one was there to help them they were they were helped by god almighty and this way this community of believers were established by the prophet of god and this is how we know yeah wonderful um uh, wonderful answer actually um so we you know we know who's 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 a false prophet clearly that there is no success and god almighty um uh, immediately uh, punishes him in 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 different mm. ways um now when we look at the prophets uh, they were often known to have seeked and received divine help now as ahmadis do we uh, you know believe in a living relationship with allah almighty like the relationship shared between god and his prophets and and and, and his servants i mean it's interesting you speak of prophets but of course we should remember that this communion or relationship with god almighty isn't confined to prophets alone it's not limited mm-hmm. so the founder of the ahmadiyya muslim community hazrat mirza ghulam ahmad peace be upon him he wrote in um majmu'a ishtiharat which was a series of announcements mm-hmm. uh he wrote the following and i quote that a living faith is that through which we can find the living god mm-hmm. the living god is he who can make us a direct recipient of revelation or could at least bring us in contact with one who has been a direct recipient of revelation mm-hmm. i convey this good news to the whole world that the god of islam is such a living god now of course we should then consequently bear in mind that it is the holy quran that is always placed at the very forefront of you know our quest of trying to understand islam better mm-hmm. so with concepts like these as to whether one can have a living relationship with god or not the words of the promised messiah peace be upon him that i just alluded to are directly linked with the teachings of the holy quran because mm-hmm. in chapter 2 verse 256 a very famous verse in the islamic world known as aitul kursi which is recited time and again uh, in that it starts off with allahu la ilaha illa huwal hayyul qayyum which translates to allah there is no god but he the living the self subsisting and all sustaining so in short yes we most certainly believe in establishing a relationship or communion with god almighty and that's what we as muslims aspire to do because god almighty has made it clear that he is living and if we i mean we are left with the only opportunity to actually avail this door of blessings mm-hmm. that has forever remained open to us and will continue to remain open to us inshallah, inshallah. god willing god willing yeah. and that is the door which leads us to nearness of god almighty through of course things like prayer and gratitude hmm. so yeah in short i think yeah wonderful um it, the 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 next question that i will be asking is it's um it's maybe a question which is related to the first question uh, that um, and this question is that can you still be a believer without believing the truth of a prophet now mm. you know i asked that there are you know religions uh, who don't they believe in their own prophet or mm. the prophets before them but not the prophets after them so can you still be a believer because islam is a religion the holy prophet peace and blessings be upon him is a prophet that has respected all the other prophets and mm. he has given the um the honor of of other prophets 
and he himself in one of the sayings of the Holy Prophet he before God Almighty revealed to him that you are the ultimate and the perfect prophet as the exemplar prophet for all the all the others before mm. this this was revealed to him he used to praise the previous prophets especially uh, prophet Abraham and prophet Moses so mm. it, what is what what is our belief on on um, on belief can you still be a believer if you do not believe in the other prophets or you don't believe in the truth of uh, the, uh, the the prophets mm. i mean uh, we're not here to pass edicts <laughs> but, uh, but one thing you can do is make it very very clear as to what the beliefs of uh, muslims are mm. and if you observe what the holy quran and the ahadith the sayings of the holy prophet sallallahu peace be upon him um, uh, refer to in this matter it, it becomes very clear to you immediately because let's turn to chapter 2 verse 286 where, where God Almighty says which translates to all of them and here it refers to believers hmm. all of all of the believers believe in Allah and in his and, his, and in his angels yep. and in his books and in his messenger and then God says we make no distinction between any of his messengers. Mm. So this means that true believers should, of course, uh, with this in mind, accept all the messengers of God without any exception. And you, you can't make any distinction between them by accepting some and then rejecting others. Mm. And there is also in this some food for thought for for those Muslims who, like you mentioned earlier, well, there are people who accept and reject some people. Yeah. Um, as because some people they reject the promised Messiah peace be upon him, whom we believe God Himself has raised in fulfillment of the prophecies um, of the Holy Prophet peace be upon him, and who then came to illustrate and demonstrate the truth of Islam. Hmm. So it's not a matter of picking and choosing, is it? Yeah. And we can also see that this concept, which I probably should have mentioned first, is ingrained in our fundamental beliefs as Muslims. So you have the five pillars of Islam. You also have the six articles of faith, which almost all children know. Yeah. And amongst one of them, one of the six, is the belief in all prophets. Yeah. And as with any other codes and regulations of any belief system or association, you can't just disregard or break them, because of course there will be repercussions. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, if, if you could briefly tell us um, now th the difference between us and the other Muslims is that we have believed in the promised Messiah as a... Uh, uh, the Hazrat uh, Mirza uh, Ghulam Ahmed of of Qadian, may Allah be pleased with him. So, why is it important for us to believe in 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 in, in the promised Messiah? Um, it as, are there any indications in the previous books of this Messiah? Does Islam say anything of the coming of the Messiah? And that we have to believe in him. Would he be a prophet? So, briefly, just just for the benefit of benefit of our listeners, so they mm -hmm. also understand why we believe in the promised Messiah. Absolutely. I mean, first of all, as Muslims, we we turn to the Quran, right? And we see that in Surah Juma, chapter of the Holy Quran, um, it was alluded to uh, the companions of the the Holy Prophet, which was a reference that the the Holy Prophet peace be upon him made that when this verse was revealed. The companions asked, uh, whom is it that you refer to that other people haven't joined us? Yep. And there'll be a person who will bring these people together. Mm -hmm. And he placed his hand on a Persian companion of his, mm. uh, known as Salman Farsi, peace be upon him. 
and he said that he will be from among his people, from among from among his sort of progeny, the, yep. the Persian Persian um, background. Yep. And that's exactly how it turned out to be, because the promised Messiah was a claimant um, of prophethood from the Persian uh, background. And more so, we find that when the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, was asked about um, the, the state of Islam, he, he mentioned how there'll be monarchies and uh, dynasties, etc., and there'll be kingships, like we have the Umayyad and Abbasid empires, yep. but there weren't spiritual caliphates. Yeah. And the Holy Quran says that in Surah Nur, that God Almighty will re-establish caliphate. He will re- he will bring he will bring successors as he brought them from uh, from the past. Yeah. So that's something to bear in mind. When you join these two things together, you find that surely there was a prophet to come with this caliphate. Yeah. And this prophet, uh, according to the words of the Holy Prophet peace be upon him, was uh, to be on the precepts of prophethood. Yeah, that's so that's a very interesting thing, isn't it? The hadith also says that. The, the 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 caliphate that will be established again will be on the precepts of prophethood so that exactly. it's it mentions that yes there will be prophethood established again because the caliphate that we had in uh, after the holy prophet peace and blessings be upon him the rightly guided caliphate that was mm. on the precepts of prophethood as well so similarly we will have it again um and and there are you know a lot of mentions uh, uh, and prophecies of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah, mm-hmm. where he mentions clearly that the prophet that will come will be a, 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 a Nabiullah, a prophet of God Almighty as well. And he's ding- distinguished the the, um, the 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 features of the prophet, the Messiah that will come, and the, the features mm-hmm. of of let's say Jesus, uh, son of Mary, and Jesus of Nazareth. So there are a lot of you know things. I know um, I just had a have a quote. You know, I I, I didn't want to. We don't want to go too much in detail. But start a whole new topic. As well. Yes, that that will start a new topic, of course. But um, for the listeners, if uh, you're interested, um, you can also always uh, go to our official website, which is alislam.org. So alislamaltogether.org and you can find out about Ahmadiyyat and our beliefs as well. I mean, from learning, there's there's no harm in learning, of course. So uh, <laughs> uh, the more you learn, the more you learn about other religions as well. So mm. I'll invite uh, the, the listeners to uh, go to the website and look for that as well. Um, moving on to a, a more related question to our topic. Um, uh, it, According to Islam, the Islamic teachings, um, some might ask, uh, you know, um, that why can a woman not be a prophet or a caliph? Um, so mm. you explained what a caliph is as well, right? So yeah. what what uh, what is our beliefs on that, and what objections would surround this topic? Mm. <clears throat> I, I think uh, first of all, should be made clear to everyone that the Holy Quran repeatedly emphasizes the spiritual quality of both men and women. So women, and women, there's no discrepancy in that regard. Women can attain all those spiritual heights that men can attain. Mm-hmm. And the Holy Quran also stresses that both men and women will be equally rewarded in the hereafter for their actions in this world. Mm-hmm. So it's not, it's not a question of status or anything, because Islam is a religion that wants both men and women to flourish in their respective spheres. Mm-hmm. Now, in... In regards to the wording of your questions, though, we understand that as a prophet or caliph, one essential role would be that of an imam, yep. which is to lead the five daily prayers. Mm-hmm. And 
one's entire day would be consumed in, in worship in the sense that everything would revolve around these five daily prayers. But with the case of women, for example, Islam, of course, being an advocate for leniency, which is often uh, overlooked, has, has allowed women to be excused from prayer when going through, for example, their menstrual cycle, as it would invalidate one's prayer due to the physical state one's body would be in. Hmm. But what's, what's more is that Islam has catered for the comfort of women too, and people often undermine this whole um, concept of Islam where they, in fact, liberate women. Hmm. And with that in mind, could, could one really expect women to be leading five daily prayers without ceasing to do so, especially when uh, they have this call of nature hmm. to tend to? Of course not, because if anything, it would prove to be quite burdensome. So it's, it's a sense of liberation for women. And another point that you could maybe add here is that is the, is the point of modesty. Because yeah. men and women, of course, they have equal access to mosques. They have their own space and their own area of prayer, but they are segregated from each other, right? Mm. But this is all for the sake of comfort and modesty, because Islam is quite cautious when it comes to intimacy, especially in regards to prayer. Yeah. And the reason for that is for one to be totally immersed in prayer, one can't have all these distractions, hmm. which is why you'll often see that if you glance around a mosque and you enter a mosque, you'll see that the prayer area will be quite, not bland, but it won't be very vibrant. There won't be pictures adorned on the walls and portraits and stuff like that. Yep. It will mostly be black and white. It will be neutral colors. Hmm. And that's all for the sake of being focused and um, fixated in your prayer like, through, through your mind mentally and spiritually. Hmm. And the same could be the case if, the opposite gender was to also intermix within uh, the prayer area. One's eyes could waver, and this is just a natural occurrence. Hmm. So if then, for example, you were to assume that women were to lead prayer in front of dozens of men, it would most probably place their honor, freedom, and comfort that they're enjoying otherwise at risk. Hmm. So allegations as to why Muslim women can't be imams, caliphs, or prophets even, um, they're all baseless because... I mean, it's not to say that they cannot aspire to attain the status of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, because both men and women, you and I, all of our uh, sisters and brothers, they make the same supplications and prayer of wanting and desiring to attain the status of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. Mm -hmm. And if there was discrimination within the genders, then surely um, we would be told that uh, we would have been told by either God Almighty himself, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, that we would have to change the wording of this because women can't attain that status, but that's not the case in Islam. Mm, wonderful. Um, that that clarifies why women, and I mean, maybe men do get distracted as well. Uh, if, if there is just, when it comes to uh, prayers and we're only with men, then we do not get distracted by the, the opposite gender, of course. So uh, very well in, uh, explained, uh, Imam Musama. Uh, uh, the last question that I want to ask to you is, if you could explain this in, in uh, um, two or three minutes, that why does God punish or inflict trials on the people who claim to be lovers of God? And You know, those who claim to be lovers of God are very well known as the prophets of God. Um, so mm. why ha do they have to go to such punishments or, or uh, trials? Mm. I mean... There is a saying of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, where he stated that if if Allah wants to do good, uh, if Allah wants to do good to somebody, 
he afflicts him with trial. So I'm assuming that's maybe where this question stems from. Mm. But you'll find examples of where the companions of the peace uh, of, of um, the Holy Prophet peace be upon him would desperately call unto God Almighty and even pray for hardships, because some of them used to think that God Almighty wasn't content or pleased with them. Yeah. Like, I mean, can you really imagine that? Where there were times where they would live stress-free, but actually that would be the time where they would stress and worry the most because mm. they realized they weren't being afflicted. Mm-hmm. So it's something that the ordinary mind can't really fathom. It's yeah. something that's out of a normal nature to think, okay, why am I not being uh, inflicted with with uh, with trials and hardship and tribulations, etc. Hmm. So to make sense of this, the promised Messiah, peace be upon him, once explained that, and I'll quote this actually, he said, the life of this world is actually a temporary life and its suffering are also temporary. And those who suffer in this temporary life, Allah the exalted in return removes the suffering of such people in the hereafter which is, in fact, the eternal life. Therefore, it is narrated in a hadith, the sayings of the Holy Prophet, that even if a thorn pricks a believer while walking in this world, Allah the Almighty writes a reward in his account of deeds or forgives his sin. So, from that we can understand that a true believer would not go through hardship, which wouldn't, in turn, bring him countless and so, so many blessings. Hmm. Because... To, uh, to support this as well, there is a verse which I should have mentioned earlier, but for mine, a verse um, 156 of chapter 2, where God Almighty says that, and we will try you with something of fear and hunger, and loss of wealth and lives, and fruits, but give glad tidings to the patient. Hmm. Now, that's what's key here, and give glad tidings to the patient, because there are so many divine pearls of wisdom hidden in worldly suffering and trials and tribulations, which sometimes the human intellect can't even comprehend. Hmm. Hence, one should try to bear them with patience and prayer. And these were the words of the promised Messiah, hmm. uh, please be upon him, not ours. So again, there, like I said, uh, there are so many divine powers of wisdom hidden in these sufferings, so we can make sense of it to an extent. Yeah. But then the rest of it is something for us to experience and benefit from in the hereafter. Hmm. I mean, a, a, a... For for prophets, this world is just a temporary world, so it doesn't really matter exactly. what sufferings they go through. It's the nearness to God Almighty and the reward that mm. they will receive in the hereafter that all matters yeah. for prophets and the believers as well. Yeah. Thank you, thank you very much, um, Imam Osama Mubarak, for your time and your uh, uh, your answers, full of wisdom. Um, it, it was really great talking to you and getting the answers from you as an expert uh, in, in this field. So thank you very much. Likewise, a pleasure was mine. Thank you very much for your kind words. And God bless you. God bless you too. Jazakallah. Okay. Thank you. So this was uh, Osama Mubarak, um, who is a graduate of the Ahmadiyya Muslim um, uh, University of Theology and Modern Languages. So this was a, uh, a very interesting uh, discussion that we had um, um, in regards to the prophets, why prophets are here and why do we believe in them. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's clearly something that we are blessed to have because without the prophets, we uh, would not know, uh, you know how to connect with the Creator or if there is any Creator or not. So we would be literally lost. Now, the, the 
the, the need of the prophets or why was it not enough to send the prophets for all times or one prophet at all times is that you know we believe that prophets always came to deliver the message and and this message contained areas of beliefs as well as the areas of practices and implementations of those beliefs and the teachings of a prophet brought uh, that that they uh, that, that they brought um, from from God Almighty uh, could be categorized in 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 two. Uh, the first thing is how to improve one's relationship with God Almighty, and the second uh, reason why prophets come is to how to conduct oneself in relation to one's fellow human being. Because as Muslims, we believe that in order to fulfill God's, you know, um, needs or 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 the the rights of God Almighty, right? We need to fulfill the rights of humanity. Or you, or your fellow human beings. Without that, it it's not complete. Now we believe in all the prophets, including uh, Hazrat Adam, uh, Hazrat Isa, Hazrat Musa, and and it's very interesting to know that in the Holy Quran, the mention of Hazrat, Je- uh, Hazrat Isa or Prophet Jesus, uh, peace be upon him, is mentioned 187 times. So it means that. You know, uh, Jesus did play a big role uh, in when it come when it comes to uh, reviving the true teachings of uh, Judaism, because he himself mentions in in the Bible that I came to, I did not come to, you know, change the teachings of Moses, but I came with the same teachings of uh, Prophet Moses. Similarly, the promised Messiah came for the same reason that Jesus came 1400 years after the uh, prophet Moses. And what he also said is that I did not bring any new religion, but I am a servant of the prophet, prophet Muhammad. Then I, I, I bring, I came to revive or, or bring back the two teachings of prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. So this was, this is the reason why we believe in um, the promised Messiah. Now, um, I would like to thank our um, producers Faiza Said and Faiza Mirza who worked hard on, on on our show and also I would like to thank um, our tech team Habib Sadiq Sahib and here is the news. <laughs> 